Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. August 4th, 2020. Champagne. Cursing. Conspiracies. Fighting. Spitting. And dancing. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hi. Good day. It is a good day. It is a good day. I am having a wildly good day. I you hope are. you don't mind. You are. You showed me you showed me something exciting. I'll <laughs> let everybody else figure out what that is. What'd you show me? a to-do list that I started today and every single item on there marked off. And it wasn't one of those cheaters with like three things that are technically all the same thing. Oh no. It was a long list. It was long enough. I didn't have the energy to read it all. (laughs) I just saw the aggressive mark throughs on everything. They were aggressive. I have tackled the day aggressively. It's a little exhausting. I know this is how you operate in the daily with just like efficiency. Boom, boom, boom. Sometimes, sometimes not. I am much more, I drag my feet a little bit more, don't I? You can. And I think part of that is due, by the way, it is August 4th. Hello to August 4th. We'll come back to that in a minute. It is August 4th, 2020. And I do want you to know that today is an exciting time to be in the Caribbean. Not that any day ever is not an exciting time to be be there. I mean, maybe hurricanes and stuff isn't like, woo, that's not great. Anyway, Antigua and Barbuda, they are celebrating Carnival Day today. Um, It is Culturama Day in St. Kitts and Nevis. And it is Festival Tuesday in the BVIs, as those in the know would call them. It does mean British Virgin Islands. Excellent. I wonder if they're marking off their to-do list, though. I doubt it, unless their to-do list is get tanked and enjoy the warm weather. All right. Yes. Okay. What were we talking about before I interrupted myself? About how I tend to drag my feet a little. I don't mm-hmm. I don't operate at the same frequency of efficiency that you do like on a normal day. You are. This is my observation. Okay. Could be right or wrong. Everybody has observational science is not tremendously reliable. Okay. My observance is you kind of resist routines. Yes. Which well yeah. Which is is problematic. It's exhausting. Not for me. Mm-hmm. I mean it is for me too, if we're honest. No, <laughs> it is for it is for anybody. The whole purpose of a routine or operating procedures is so that for the mundane things. Yeah. You are not continually exhausting your mental energy trying to plan and formulate and fit in and stuff. It's just, it turns it into mindless assembly line work that you can just bam, bam, bam and Mm -hmm. be done and get to the things you want to do. Well, I will take that and expand on it a little bit because I actually do love routines. It's just not your own? Well, what I don't (laughs) resist enough is other people's interruptions of my routines. That's where there's a resistance breakdown. And so, potato, potato, I would say, if you're letting somebody interrupt it, it ain't really a routine. 
routine involves a stiff arm mm-hmm. on a no no make the person leave you alone i'm i'm in the routine i can't do that i'm routining exactly Goodbye. that's where i have a big breakdown is i don't i don't put the force field up mm-hmm. cuz i'm bad at star wars and telling people no okay do they have force fields? I know they have deflector shields. I think they have deflector shields. Wait, am I thinking of Star Trek? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It doesn't help me either way. Okay. I, I think if I did have a force field, though, I could get so much more done. Could you? Or would you sit around having fun with the force field all day? <laughs> That's highly likely. Well, let's talk about August the 4th. Let's do. Because... I think all of us should know that 1693 is the date traditionally ascribed to Dom Perignon's invention of Champagne. Champagne. I cannot read Champagne without hearing Christopher Walken in Mm -hmm. some Saturday Night Live sketch. sketch. That was some of his best work. Not that his other work wasn't tremendous. It was just masterful there. I will have you know that it's true. This is not just internet lore and... Um, goofy haha time. The people of Champagne, Champagne, France, mm-hmm. are truly serious about it. In fact, so if if the sparkling white wine does not come from the actual region of Champagne, uh-huh. it may not be called Champagne. And they are super serious about it. They will take your ass down. <laughs> See that? I normally say that, and then I was wow. like, wait, I want a camera, but then it was too late. Take, where are they taking your ass down to? To, to Champagne Town. To Champagne Town? Well, I guess if you got to have it taken somewhere, it's a good place to end up. Yes. Now, listen. This Isn't is... there an old saying, wherever your ass is, there you are? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. So there's worse places to be than Champagne Town, yeah. for sure. Um, but in the, the France tried to block America from using the word yeah. champagne ever in the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. Like even just speaking it? Basically. Because. <laughs> I don't know how they would enforce that. I was going to throw in, I mean, while this is, it seems silly, it's not unique to champagne. Okay. If you are drinking tequila, it yes. has to come from the, I think it's Jalisco region oh. uh, of Mexico. Okay. If you're drinking scotch, Got to come from a place, bourbon sure. from a specific okay. place. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, they did try to stick it into the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. However, didn't know this until just now today. America never signed the Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're not going to go yeah, we, by that. We already won. We don't We don't need this. <laughs> Move along. Um, also. Go play uh, with your grapes. <laughs> <laughs> they are so serious about it that when um, – in when Apple was considering a release, I think this was in 2015, they were going to call one of the shades of iPhone Mm -hmm. champagne and uh, the the good people of champagne. There's a committee and it's in French and I will not embarrass myself further by trying to pronounce it, but there is a committee that's like the international watchdog to make sure that the good name of champagne is not misused. So when they heard that Apple might use it as a shade for the iPhone, they were like, you absolutely will not. So, Apple was like, okay, we'll call it gold. Why, why would you cave to that? Why, they, it's not I'm like there's some you, they're serious about global it. law about anything. Don't forget. Other than some of the stuff I'll get to later. Yeah. Well, don't forget. Ass straight to ship. Yeah, well, <laughs> Even I'm if ready. Apple. I'm ready. Bring your ass cart over here and load me up and just take me. There's that. The fly is back. I thought we'd conquered all of them. We have a fly swatter, and I have diligently been protecting our family, but we have a new infiltrator. I see him now. It's been massacre of the flies on the daily here. It's it's been pretty aggressive. I think part of the problem is this smoker we have outside draws them. They They love the smell of the meats. Yeah. Can't blame them. Yeah. Okay, well, 1753. This is a big day, August 4th. George Washington finally becomes a master mason. All right. Now, if you like conspiracy theories. And I do. And we all do, let's be honest. You need look no further than the Masonic ones. There are literally hundreds of them. And usually there's so many that you can categorize them. They typically fall into one, but sometimes we'll bridge the gap, but typically fall into one of three distinct categories. Uh That is political, religious, 
or cultural. Okay. Now, some of my favorites um, is that it overlaps with the Illuminati. Of course. And that together they are working to establish the new world order. I feel like those three things are the tentpole of every conspiracy theory in the United States. You've got the New World Order, you've got the Illuminati, you've got the Masons. To some degree, That's, yeah. That, I feel like those but are foundational. You're, you're talking about these categories, and so it all rhymes, whether or not it's the same. Yeah. Um, I like, there's one that uh, Masonry or Freemasonry is a Jewish front for world domination. Okay. Um, there's one that it ties that they tie in with the Knights Templar specifically. Uh, that they are responsible for income taxes in the U.S., which okay. hey, I'm all about that. Let's stomp that one out. Mm -hmm. Also, that the IRS is part of a deliberate plot to control the American people and eventually the world in conjunction with them, of course. That may not be wrong. It's probably true. Um, they have strong links with the Skull and Bones Society with Rhodes Scholars, and with the Ku Klux Klan. Okay. They worship Satan, Baal, Baphomet, and others. Okay. Uh, there's a long list of all the things that they probably worship. Sure, sure, sure. They are responsible for faking the Apollo moon landing. Mm-hmm. They've infiltrated NASA to hide from the public that the Earth is, in fact, flat. Okay, now, I had not I'm familiar with a few uh, flat earth theorems mm -hmm. is that the plural of theory I don't know uh, yes but I never had come across the Masonic connection I'm I'm not sure that I have either other than tied to government and that our government was founded by well so by yes. loose extension only. yeah 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 but there's more oh there's so much okay that the 9-11 attacks were part of a hidden war between masonry oh and the descendants of the Knights Templar, or as them being the descendants of the Knights Templar, and then Islam. That Islam was attacking the Knights Templar, who oh, were in okay. fact masons, who are in fact America, so 9-11 attack. And because, and this would maybe even go back to the Crusades, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the Knights Templar, I feel like, weren't they yes. formed as part of the Crusades? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I could I could really I know uncork. You, I know a lot I about know that. the vastness and the depth of your knowledge of this. Mm -hmm. I especially when it comes to Knights Templar, I yeah. know is pretty serious. Pretty fascinating dudes. Maybe we'll do a limited podcast series. Ooh, I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. That makes me get dates correct and things like that. In people's names. In names, yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked this one that humanoid reptiles are behind all of this and other secret societies. Okay. So it's, now we've moved on. There's an upper echelon of right. masonry, which is humanoid reptiles. Okay. Uh, of course, that they were behind the assassina assassination, assassination of JFK. I knew it. And so much more. So much more. Did you know that each of my grandfathers were masons? It's fitting. I fought both of them. In the Civil War. <laughs> they truly were. Um, both of them only went as far as, like, there's a certain level that, again, in conspiracy theory level, I mean, right, right. There's a There's a gate. Yeah, there's a gate. And, like, most normal citizens don't go through that gate. And yeah. neither of my grandparents, my grandfathers had. Now, my dad, he enjoys the conspiracy theory, too. And he believes it's because, for both his, his father and my mother's father, that they did not want to cross that gate because it would mean renouncing Christianity and all kinds of other right, right. evilities. I, that's not a word. I just made it up. I, I like, like it. it. I like it. I also am almost sure that if you are practicing Catholic, you cannot also be a Mason. This is this is a fact. That's That was in, I don't know if it was in an encyclical or where, but I know that's a fact. But that doesn't, sort of doesn't make sense. Oh, wait, though. Okay, I was going to say, it doesn't make sense because the Knights Templar were obviously Catholic. But, but the Knights Templar don't have anything to do with the Masons. But weren't what, what they supposed to be? Well, one of the theories, though, is that yes. they're descendants of them. In yes. Some way, right. But hang with me. Um, and this, this made much more sense to me, kind of the operations of this vast world of conspiracy okay. theory, when I began to look into Catholicism. Right. And so if we go all the way back to the beginning of this, this deal, I mentioned that there are three distinct categories, political, religious, and cultural. Right. And when you look at 
the attacks against the Catholic Church, and especially those here on U.S. domestic soil, Mm -hmm. it's the same three categories of which attack was made. It's it's typically a, a fight for power, either to get power or to hang on to the power that you have against some perceived threat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go through the, the Protestant revolt and the breaking away of, of England from the Catholic Church, all of these things. Well, there's a lot of animosity. Certainly there was a lot of, of power struggle there. And all of that translated forward. If you ever go through and actually read the chick tracks that came out as anti-Catholic propaganda, it attacks these same three areas. And it doesn't matter from one to the next. It's kind of like how the really extreme leftist in conjunction with uh, just disgustingly over-the-top liberal, I'm not saying all liberals are Democrats, I'm saying the ragged edge, just like the ragged edge of the right is wackadoo, Mm -hmm. the ragged edge of the left and how we hear things on the news, they will throw something preposterous out there about everything said by whoever they hate, even if it argues with prior claims that they've made. It doesn't matter. It's just a constant barrage of crap flinging. And that's oftentimes when a solid group is being picked upon. Yeah. It's just everything. Throw that, throw that, throw all the things. It doesn't matter if they make sense. We'll sort it out later. Do you think the Masons are in some ways victims of that as well? Probably. I don't know. Because you can't, because of all the conspiracy stuff, you can't find information out there that's accurate. Well, plus it's a secret. It's secret-ish, but that isn't even, I don't think, as as big of a deal. I think also what you have is an effect where this this was and is a global organization. Mm -hmm. And how can you look at a group that large and say, oh, well, these are are the things that define you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every group is is going to be a little bit different. Even if you were to stop by multiple different gas stations as part of a gas station chain, not all of them are going to have a clean bathroom. Not all of them are going to stock the same stuff. Some of them, the employees are going to be a little bit more than the other places. Um, all that, right? Yes. So you, you can't just lump it all together that readily. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, um, Masonic conspiracy theories is one of my favorite. They're good favorite uh, genre. Well, let me wrap up there to oh. say, because I don't want to completely poo on the idea that there's no conspiracies there. Okay. I think absolutely how this started is that there was a group who was doing something pretty, pretty weird and sketchy and they were either in a position of power or vying for it. Yes. And so then all the anti-propaganda comes out. Yeah. Some of it may have been true and certainly some of it may have been true for specific members and not even lodges or whatever, however they organize by. Gotcha. Um, but then some of it was just complete fabrication. So, but not to let go of conspiracy theories too quickly. Okay. And it was interesting to me that both the, both of these things hit today, uh-huh. almost as though someone were waving the flag behind the scenes. Oh my goodness. Right? It's a, it's a, it, this is or meta. Or my mind is really imaginative, one it, or the other. This is meta. It's a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory within a conspiracy uh, theory. Yes. Okay, yes. here we go. 1821. Yes. A Russian expedition. And at first I was just going to include this because I, I love the names. A Russian expedition, uh, ex- expedition led by Fabian Gottlieb von Bellinghausen returns to Kronstadt. That's good. After becoming the first to circumnavigate Antarctica. Okay. Except that that's not, in fact, what most of the internet says. Oh. Other sources predominantly so, show. You wait. Are you saying that history is at war with the internet? History is fighting itself and the interwebs. Okay. And the I theories. Can't even believe it. This is shocking. Yeah. Okay. James Cook is actually the first one I could find where they're giving credit to circumnavigation. Okay. Circum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that word, not circumcision, <laughs> although that's also a circling of something. Um, circumnavigation, there we go. If you say it fast enough, maybe. Um, now, this is where, again, my mind connects some spiderweb thoughts. The stuff from Cook's expeditions, it's fascinating. There's, there's you know, the captain's log, diaries, his reports, all this stuff. As he describes Antarctica, and it is a 
fascinating place. Amazing stuff, sheer ice walls and just all kinds of stuff around the, the coastal perimeter that's just, wow, such a harsh place. He talks about all kinds of amazing things about there. You take his stuff and then you combine that with the same information, uh, the same resources rather, provided by Admiral Richard Byrd, who was an American, who from the late 20s through the early 40s held, I think it was three, maybe more expeditions down there. Mm -hmm. You put this material together and you start searching for these two guys together and very quickly you're going to find that the, it is, in fact, the, the findings of these two men that flat earthers have integrated much okay. into how they have described how the earth is flat. Right. Yeah. It, it's like So remember, the Masons through NASA, yes. flat earth, they're hiding it. And then here's this whole thing. And let me tell you, I mean, I've done, I've done a very, very extensive deep dive into yep. flat earth and not because I want to take a position and argue and prove one thing right or one thing wrong. That's rarely why I look into conspiracies. Right. I just want to hear, yes. how are you supporting this thing that seems crazy at first? Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, these guys have some, a few things here and there that you can't explain. Yeah. Now, the whole, everything that they have to say about Antarctica and moving away from the main core group of just flat earth thought and yeah. into flat earth conspiracy stuff and, and what Antarctica is mm -hmm. and all of that. Wow. You want to be entertained. Yes. That is, that is a wonderful, it's a delightful, cushiony, good smelling rabbit hole to dive down into. Yeah. Really is a fascinating rabbit hole, and you can go in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. It's a rabbit hole that has many lanes that you can veer off into and yep. discover all kinds of interesting things. What I ultimately landed on, and again, I'm not choosing sides. Mm -hmm. What I will say is that it certainly seems easier to defend flat Earth than it does spherical Earth. Okay, which was crazy yeah. to me. Never even thought to question it right i just and it really doesn't matter to me in the grand scheme of things my job has nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> but it is entertaining there's a lot out there yes. you can entertain yourself for days with it that's for sure yeah all right well speaking of entertaining mm -hmm. 1901 uh we celebrate the birth of louis daniel armstrong Right on. You know, just as Louis Armstrong. Yeah. One of the greats in jazz music, one of the great American musicians, truly, of our entire history. He was born in New Orleans, dropped out of school at age 11, and by age 14 was playing his cornet at night in a nightclub. It's a good place. If you're going to play at night, yeah, a nightclub is a good sure, place to play. Sure. Younger than Daisy, picking up that cornet yeah. and going into the nightclubs. Yeah. Playing in 1964, he recorded his biggest hit. Well, and let's let's pause for just a moment and say, when he was 14 and playing in a nightclub, yeah. this was also this was pre civil rights stuff. Oh, for all sure, of that, yeah. it probably wasn't the safest thing for a kid to be doing. He, not right. that nightclubs are a great place for 14 year olds anyway, but even more more yeah, concerning yeah, yeah. back then. Yeah, I mean, not only but from his age, but uh, you know, it was a very tricky time for um, black Americans who were musicians because right. they were often playing in clubs that were... Or even just musicians. Yeah, yeah. But playing in clubs that were, you know, for whites only. I mean, it was definitely, just to put in in the context of history, um, a pretty significant thing. So in 1964, he recorded his biggest hit, Hello Dolly, which not only went to number one on one of the pop music charts, but get this, dislodged... The Beatles. Nice. And what a great word, dislodged, as though they were stuck in the, <laughs> the something rather. Yes. Whew, finally got those Beatles dislodged. Yep, that's right. That's right. So his very unique style of playing earned him the nickname Satchmo, which I have heard him refer to as that. I didn't know until you did this great research for us. Satchmo is the shortened version of Satchel Mouth. Yes. Have you ever seen one of the iconic pictures of him playing the cornet? I mean, I think I can imagine it in my mind. His his cheeks 
are nearly the size of softballs. Right. The amount of air that he would. Yeah. Wow. So satchel being like he, there's so much air in there. Like he could, it's like a satchel. He could actually yeah. store things in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, happy birthday to the great Satchmo. Indeed. 1909, just a few short years later. Yeah. Major League Baseball umpire Tim Hurst instigates a riot. Whoa, dang. By spitting in the face of the A's second baseman, Eddie Collins, who had questioned a call. Okay. Pretty amazing. Wait, the umpire? Yeah. Spit in the face of a player? Yep. Okay. Yep. Two weeks later, Hurst is banned for life, all of that. Now, at first blush, this is like a true WTF, right? Yeah. This is where being a, I hate to say responsible, because that's not really the right word, but I'll go with it because I can't think of anything else. A okay. responsible historian, yes. researcher. Yes. You can't look at a historic event through the lens of today. Okay. And get an accurate, mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, everybody's condemned. Okay. You have to look at context. Okay. Um, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So the society, the Society for American Baseball Research. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know either. There I, is a society for it. Good for them. I feel quite sure they're tied to the Masons somehow. Yep. Yes. Uh, they have a relatively lengthy article on this, which really captures the culture of the time, and it frames the event beautifully. It looks even into the background. He had been, he had been a short-term. Professional baseball player himself. Okay. And I won't spoil the whole article, but I'll frame it a little bit. Yeah. Um, they were playing in a game, his team versus another, mm -hmm. and something had happened and the umpire could not finish the game. I can't remember if he got hit with a ball or something wild happened. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so in order to be able to complete the game, he volunteered to go finish umping the game. And at the end of the game, they paid him the wage for doing it. And he thought, huh, that, that's not a bad gig, right? Yeah. And as a way to earn extra money, he started umping games and quit playing shortly thereafter. And I don't know if he chose to or didn't make the cut or whatever else. But And then umpired like a whole referee, umpired a whole ton of other things, which that part kind of agitated the the baseball leadership, oh. uh, the, the, the regulatory bodies, as it were. The political machine right, of baseball. Right, right. You're either baseball or nothing. Okay. So they were agitated, but again, you're talking about the early 1900s. He is an Irishman who, since both of us are to a degree, I can go ahead and say, yeah, the stereotype about like and defy isn't completely inaccurate. Of course it's that. Um, and it was during an era where... Fighting was cool. Like one of the jobs he worked on prior to this, it talked about at lunch hour, quite often after everybody hustled through their lunch, they'd have fights. Just for fun. On the construction site. Yeah. Fun. Just, see see who was the best fighter or whatever. Yeah. Just mark the line and go to work on each it other. It was an early version of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it really was. Okay. And so while umping baseball games, yeah. um, it was not uncommon for crowd members to get peeved about something and throw a bottle at you. Okay. On one event, this happened. It hit him in the back. It pissed him off. He turned around, grabbed the bottle, threw it back up in the stands. Of course, who knows who threw it? It hit a 
fireman in the forehead and oh, cut no. his eye open. Oh, so, no. but but that was just like that was a soft reprimand. Yes, this was the time that okay. this occurred in. Yeah, and uh, he was known for being a tremendously fair. Yeah. Ref or umpire and really good. Of course, everybody makes a mistake now and again, but historically he was really good and really respected, but also not uncommon at all if somebody wanted to argue a call. And quite often when they did so, it would involve taking a swing at the ump. That being the good Irishman he was, he'd just whip their ass right there. Okay. And then they'd go on, he'd have them escorted out and they'd finish the game. A <laughs> whole lot of other stuff whole lot of other stuff. It's certainly worth the read. The website for the Society of American Baseball Research is sabr.org. And then you can do your, the article is titled Tim Hurst's Last Call. You really just like, you you took side googing to a whole other level with this. It was fascinating. I enjoyed it. When I saw just the the brief blurb of headline that he'd spit in somebody's face, I was like, I got to know what's going on here. Yeah. That's a lot more interesting than something Hitler did, right? Definitely. By far. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Well, notably, and I'm sure this will be in the news at some point today, it is August 4th, the birthday of the 44th President of the United States, President Barack Hussein Obama, turning 59. Turning 59 on the sandy, sunny shores of Hawaii. Is that where he is right now? I don't know. I think that's where he resides now, though he may not be there at this moment. I don't know why you wouldn't be. I mean... If you had the choice. Yeah. That's where I'd be full time. I would. I would even welcome, if the the price of passage was coronavirus, I would pay the price. (laughs) Really? Yep. It'd be worth it? I desperately want to live and die in a tropical location. Even if it means an early death. I have, a, I have a bucket list of one, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's That feels accurate. Okay, um, August 4th in 1984, we have Prince releasing the iconic song Purple Rain. The whole album. I'm sorry, the, the whole, whole album dropped. Purple Rain album dropped. It hits number one, and it stayed there, my friends, for a hot 24 Weeks. Yes, dislodging everything. Dislodged everyone and everyone. It was like the top 100 diarrhea list of dislodging. Get it all out. I'm here. So tw- how long is 24 weeks? That's like uh, what, six months? Roughly, roughly half a year. Yeah, yeah. Roughly half of the year of 1984, Purple Rain sitting at number one. This is remarkable. As it should have. Yes. I would be curious. I didn't, I didn't dig further to see. I'd be curious to see how long it just stayed in the top 25 period. Yeah. I, I would guess that went well past a year. Yes. Yeah, it would have to for sure. It might even still be there in terms of all-time songs. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, 1987. The headline's much less interesting to me than the memory. Okay. Which is often the case, right? Indeed. Indeed. 1987, a new 22-cent U.S. stamp honoring noted author William Faulkner went on sale. I remember vividly from actually before 87 even. It was still going on in 87, but probably 84 on, at least once a week, we would go to the post office because we needed to mail something and you can't trust those mail carriers, right? (laughs) They'll go through your stuff. Somehow they got that magic resealing machine for the envelope. I don't know why we didn't try just stick it in the mailbox. We were maybe we were too fancy for that. I don't know. Are you being serious? I'm serious. We went to the post office almost on a weekly basis to mail something because you're is it truly because your parents did not trust the uh, mail carrier? You were too generous with your parents' comment. I I I promise. I know what I'm saying. My dad didn't give a flip. (laughs) <laughs> he'd have just handed he would have he's the kind of guy that would have handed the the mail carrier a hundred dollar bill hey take this down to the gas company <laughs> yeah he would have i know where to find you yeah but i can remember that vividly because we would park somewhere that had a parking meter uh-huh. and rather than this is cheap this is cheap rather than pay the parking meter my mom would park and then she would give me in this instance, two dimes and two pennies uh-huh. and tell me to go in and get a 22 cent stamp. Okay. Or I can remember actually going in and getting 20 cent stamps. Yeah. And I can remember the outrage yes. of 20 to 22. You know, yes. that's a 
That's a 10% increase in cost. It's outrageous. <laughs> but I, I can't even count the number of times that I wandered in and stood in line in the post office and got a stamp or, you know, here's, you know, here's two or three bucks. Go get this many dollars worth of however yeah. many cent stamps. And, sure. Yep. Big part of my childhood. Oh, my. Stood in the post office. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. When was the last time you think you were in an actual physical post office? Mm, it's been within the last 12 months, but it certainly it? Isn't, isn't often. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I was under the impression that you had someone on staff. Well, I try to... Who lives in the same house as you, who does most of your I postal try, work. I try to, uh, what's what's the word, delegate tasks out. Uh -huh. I try not to micromanage my, my employees. Uh -huh. So, yeah, there's a smoking hot redhead. I like to pay her to do that business for me. <laughs> Send me down there to buy the 22 cent stamps. Yeah. I don't care if they don't have them. You stay there and you demand them. <laughs> Had those for decades. <laughs> They're hiding them in the back. <laughs> okay, well, 1987 was a big year because not only the William Palmer yes. uh, stamp, we've got the release of the soundtrack for Dirty Dancing. Mm. Now, it's dirty and it's dancing. It's dirty. Which, and if you're Southern Baptist, all dancing is dirty. Even if yeah. you're shuffling your feet and one foot loses contact with the ground, you have offended the good Lord. Indeed. And I can remember as good Southern Baptist, my parents forbade me. I was strictly forbidden to watch Dirty Dancing. I certainly oh, yeah. wasn't going to watch it at the theater, but I was under very strict instructions not to watch it at sleepovers. Um, I was probably, I want to say it was like in fourth or fifth grade-ish. So I would have been 10 in 87. So wow. that's like fourth grade, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do remember my friends saw it and they would kind of fill me in on the plot line. Mm -hmm. Now, although I was forbidden to see the movie Dirty Dancing, even though I really, really wanted to because Patrick Swayze was in it oh. and I was already in love with Patrick. Patrick Swayze from the North and South series, mm. miniseries that came on in the early 80s. Um the soundtrack was okay by my parents because it's filled with oldies. Yeah. Except for, you know, like Hungry Eyes. And right. Well, that's, that's a little racy, right? Yeah, it is. I didn't really know what it meant when I was two years old. But anyway, the point being, I was allowed to have a cassette tape of the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. I was also allowed to take a small boombox with me to school, to my elementary school. And at lunchtime. Oh, man. After we raced through our lunch, instead mm -hmm, of going out mm -hmm. to fire up the fight club. You dirty dance. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. We danced. Not dirtily though. Mm -hmm. My friends and I would make up our own choreography to various songs. None of the, I guess, more racy ones. Mostly the more fun pop uh classic 60s songs that were on that soundtrack um be my be my little baby yeah comes yeah. to mind um stay i feel like is on there possibly anyway we would entertain ourselves for weeks on end with making up various um, choreography performing them for classmates at lunch i feel extremely cringy about this now as i'm reporting yeah. it back to you but yeah. man was it a good time in the year of our lord 1987 to fire up the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, I maintain it's probably one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. Like, probably top ten best movie wow. soundtrack. okay. What about uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Now, that's number one. Is that number Let's one? Let's never okay. forget that. It's pretty solid. Yeah, but, but Dirty Dancing is in the top ten, for sure. Like the Big Rock Candy Mountain? That's a great song. And it's good for Dirty Dancing. <laughs> it's a, yeah, but more like Dirty Like I Haven't Bathed in Over a Year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, let's bring it up to the modern era. 2015, August 4th, uh, Robert Downey Jr. named the world's highest paid actor by Forbes magazine, earning $80 million. Man. Now, Robert Downey Jr., he's he's had a, a rough time in life. He I mean, had a little stint with the cocaine, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, had, had some substance abuse issues. Mm -hmm. Kind of went in the tank for a little while, but he climbed his way out. and Rare. Yes. Rare that you see yeah. somebody do that, but he really did. He's highly enjoyable, I think, as an actor. Um, yes. Do you think that it is worthy and relative? I mean, like, do you think it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate. For him to be the world's highest paid actor. I do. 
Okay. I do. And for two reasons. All right. Um, because I seem to like things that come into Always. Always. Um, two reasons. One, because I think anytime somebody has struggled with addiction mm-hmm. and come out the other side, and I really feel like his best work was done after recovery, mm-hmm. I have all the respect for that. Okay. And then number two, he is so dynamic. Yes. So gifted at mm-hmm. what he does. Honestly, he's, as I'm thinking about it now, um, he, he does have somewhat of a type to a, to a small degree, much like um, the most, some of the most recognized roles of Johnny Depp yeah. are somewhat of a type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's solid. It's, it's good. Who's a better actor, Robert Downey Jr. or Johnny Depp? Boy, I don't know, because if you pair, if you pair Captain Jack Sparrow against when Robert Downey Jr. plays Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. wow. Both of those characters, if you could put both of them somehow correctly in the same movie, mm-hmm. that'd be worth fighting at lunch over or dirty dancing, either one. Have a dirty dancing off over yeah. it. Yeah. Whoever, yeah, you dance until you fight and then you finish with a dance. <laughs> yeah. Dance Let's do that. Fight. It's a dance fight club. It'll be good. Okay. Good times for everybody. Yes. All right. It's your favorite non-segment. Okay. The read, watch, read, listen lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to watch something, why not watch Dirty Dancing? We're all yep. adults now. We can watch Dirty Dancing. Our parents have cannot stop us at this point. Well, they could take away that $5 they give you every year for your birthday. <laughs> Let's be honest. I count on that five dollars. Yeah, you do. You do. And your birthday's coming up, so maybe you don't want to it chance is. it. This I'll year. wait. I'll wait until the the evening of, not Eve, not birthday, not the night before, but I'll wait till the evening of. And if I haven't gotten my five dollars, I'm watching it. Okay, let's make a date for sure. Um, now you can also. Was this supposed to be in the reading section? It's combined. Oh, okay. Because if you if you go to the Flat Earth Society website, uh-huh. which is wiki.tfes, the Flat Earth Society, oh, okay. wiki.tfes.org. Along with all of the wonderful things to read, there are embedded YouTube videos as well. Oh, yes. I, okay. When I found all this, I started that play, and I usually, I usually do a lot of my research at lunch, and then yeah. in the aftermath, I'm back to work. And so as I worked, I listened to portion there's a three-part series that's i think over five hours long what on this earth what on this flat earth <laughs> all of this all of this committed to proving that the moon landing was a fake okay the moon landing part of it yes okay. mm-hmm. and that was in video yes. and there was so i i had listened to that it's again they make a pretty compelling case so you could both read and you could knock out two birds with one stone here you could mm-hmm. read and watch by going to wiki.tfes.org okay yes, yes. also hey why not watch a movie with robert downey jr of yes. course we as being a highly steeped in avengers culture family yes iron man being a thing for us for sure not just iron man well the iron man movies are fantastic but yeah. of course then he's in the rest of all of the right. marvel cinematic universe right um, the Sherlock Holmes movies. There's a Stellar. is there a sequel to it? There's I think there were that? two. I think okay. there's two. Yeah. Well, for sure, outstanding. Yeah. And the straight man that they put opposite him, and I don't know that actor's name, was perfect. Is perfect for it. Okay. They make for it's such an entertaining yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. How about reading? What you got? Reading. I would truly recommend that you go to sabr.org and you read the article about the Major League Baseball umpire, Tim Hurst. It's fascinating. Okay. It's a great throwing out there for conversation with somebody. Yeah. Um, if you're a baseball fan or if you know one, even just shooting them the link to it, it's it's a pretty good read. Or if you want to, like, try to wrangle your friends into starting a fight club, you can yes. be like, here's the historical yes. roots. You throw a bottle at my back, and I will <laughs> throw it back at someone else. Then we'll dance, we'll fight, spit in your face, and it'll be a day. Or a date, either one. It's good, yeah? It's good. It's good. All right. Listening, of course, if you don't go and fire up some Louis Armstrong today, what are you doing with your life? It's his birthday. Come on. Or, and, and. It's both and. Both and. Get some Louis Armstrong going. Get Princess Purple Rain album going. Get get any jazz from that era going. Yeah. Um, What a fantastic... I never would have even been exposed to that. I had... 
have a degree in liberal arts, which is a lot of stuff, right? The Jeopardy, the degree. Jeopardy degree. Yeah. One of the classes that I took just because I needed it and it fit and it fit my schedule yeah. was the history of jazz music. Mm -hmm. So first time I was ever exposed to it. And man, there is a lot of good stuff sure. there. Sure, there is. A lot of good stuff on the Purple Rain album. Also, soundtrack to Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry, you guys. It holds right. up. Even Hungry Eyes. And I've had the time of my life. It holds up. It's a masterpiece. And put it on and play it today. Please. What would you recommend for lifestyle? So, first of all, uh, on your way home or while you're out running errands, go get yourself a bottle of champagne. It yeah. has to come from the Champagne District. It does not have to be Dong. But, yes, you better make sure it comes from the right place. Um, if you cannot find room in your budget for a bottle of champagne, that's okay because I've got an alternative for you. On this week's episode of Sort of Awesome, my friend and guest on the show, Julie Tepperman, shared how to make a single glass of iced tea. This has changed my very life. Okay. Because making a pitcher of iced tea is only great if everybody in your family drinks iced tea, I feel like. Or if you are a person who just, you love iced tea and you just drink it all day long. It tastes funny when uh, it's in yes. a pitcher and it stays in the fridge for a while. Absolutely. Now. It will not stay with that same delicious, fresh taste. It, it turns on you somehow. Yeah. So Julie shared on the show how to make a single glass of iced tea. And it's so simple, you can't even believe it, but it will change your life. What you do is you go ahead and heat up a cup of water, either in your kettle, if you're fancy, or if you're unfancy like us, pop it in the microwave, heat it up till where it's just boiling. And then you drop in your tea bag and let it steep for four minutes. Okay. In the meantime, get yourself a nice big cup, fill it with ice. After your tea has steeped, you pour it directly over the iced in the cup. Okay. About half of your ice is going to melt. Yeah. It cools off instantly. But it's a physics thing. It's a physics thing. Yeah. That's how heat and ice and all of those mm -hmm. water properties work. About half of the ice melts, but you're left with the perfect ratio of iced tea to ice. It's there. It's sippable. It's ready to go. Okay. And okay. you can, you know, if you like a certain flavor, maybe you don't want an, an iced black tea. Maybe you love an herbal tea, like a Tazo tea that they serve at Starbucks and they mm -hmm. charge you $4 for a or glass a, of... a Tizan. There you go. Exactly. There was, I've had one that was made with lime skin rinds. Yes. Lime, lime rinds ground up. Yeah. That was all right. That was so delicious. I didn't have it cold. Yeah, we drank it hot. Yeah. Anyway, it, there you go. It's the perfect single glass of iced tea. It, you know. So let, let's help me out because I'm a, I blacked out. There was a lot of words. Let's bullet point it. How much water? One cup. One cup of water. How long to heat? I would like to do a minute forty-five in our microwave. One but cup. You just need to heat it up to keep boiling. it easy. One yeah. cup, two minutes. Okay. Yes. One, One tea bag. Bag of tea. Steep for four minutes. Cup of ice. Pour it over a cup of ice. Done and done. Steep for one minute, you said? Four minutes. Four minutes. Damn. One cup, damn, Daniel. Uh, one cup of water, <laughs> two minutes in the microwave, four minutes of steep in the one bag, pour it over the ice, done drink done. it, dance, punch, spit, <laughs> all the things, and you're good. And you're good to go on okay. this August afternoon. Yes. Whew, that's a busy day. That's a lot. You talk about marking off the to-do list. <laughs> that's a... Man. Listen, that iced tea fueled my productivity today and, okay. and allowed me to well, get that whole to-do list. By golly, done. we may invest in Lipton. It was not any of that Lipton trash. Okay. I'm going to get right now. Okay. Fair enough. Well, for all of you who can read minds, then you have shared in my angst mm -hmm. as I've deliberated during this quarantine, what in the world am I going to do about mustache wax? Because... Again, those of you who read my mind know this. The company who I have purchased from for years now, they may be COVID canceled. I don't yeah. know. They have no product available online anywhere. Yep. And I'm running low. You were, you, were, you got panicky. because you You're running low. You're like, hey, I need more of this. I went to look it up. I was like, um, Amazon says it's totally sold out. And you were like, what? And right. then you went into I went on research. the freaking Silk Road and there's nothing, man. There's nothing. And I could, I could sense the panic rising in your spirit mm -hmm. because the mustache wax. wax. The wax. Get your ass <laughs> and your mustache to champagne. It's an important, <laughs> very important part of your grooming life. It is. Well, and, you know, this is no small investment of time. No. It took... 
quite a while to get here and to train it and to mm-hmm. all that and to upkeep it. And yep. um, it's a very defining part of my appearance at this point. Absolutely it is. So yeah, it's panicky. And if you ever delve into the world of mustache waxes, there's more opinions out there than there are people. It's more ridiculous. opinions than flat earthers. Yeah. More, there's more mustache conspiracies than George Washington knew about. So we're, we're I'm tentatively hopeful. We've got a shipment that should theoretically arrive this week of two. Okay. And a third that will fall. Actually, it's two companies, each one of them two from each. So there's four uh-huh. that will arrive this week with a fifth coming in the following week. And because I know this is a hot topic for people, I'll be sure to report back. Please do. All Please right. do. Um, I have the opposite issue. I need to rid myself of the mustache. Well, it's still a mustache wax. It's just a different I do, yeah. Different I could, kind, right? I could use a yeah, I definitely could use a wax on the okay. upper lip. Okay. So well, that was a lot of stuff. Yep. Anything else? That's all I can That's think all of. That's all I got. All right. Well, have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Some sources indicate that one-third of millennials believe the earth to be flat. Some say that a handful of people believe Elvis is still alive. National polls indicated a 71.4% chance of Hillary Clinton winning the 2016 election. Since she did, in fact, not win the election, it is possible that Elvis is alive somewhere on this flat earth. The logic is undeniable. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.